How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed. And this morning, I am joined by our friend Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota on our Smart Garden Show. Julie, good morning. Hey, Denny. How are you today? I'm tired. How are you? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of moving all this snow. Uh, it's like Groundhog Day movie, you know. But uh, no, it's okay. Life is good. Can't complain. It's good exercise, and well, it kind snow, of uh, you have a snowblower, right? Uh, I do. Oh, okay, I do, good. and I keep it in good shape. I've had it for Excellent. twenty twenty five years. Wow! And so- it's still uh, yes. Just like the body, I keep it in shape, <laughs> and there's a stretching the truth there. But we have a show called Smart Garden, and we do welcome, uh, and we've had it for quite a few years. It is one of the busiest hours of the whole week here on WCCO, and uh, as Julie knows, too, and uh, Julie has helped us out for, how many years have we been doing this uh, with you and your you colleagues? Know, I, boy, great minds. I was just thinking that I think that this is our 10th year. Wow. Well, I'm it's. Not, I'm not sure. It might be twelve. <laughs> but who's counting, back. right? Yeah, who's, who's counting? counting? It's we're yeah. in the double digits, I think, by by 2023. Well, people love to talk about <laughs> lawns and gardens. It's evident uh, every yes. week. And by the way, if you have any kind of a question for Julie, uh, now is your chance. And if you are a regular lis- listener, you know how busy we can get. So call or text Julie six five one four six one nine two two six six five one four six one nine two two six well I, I guess as I was looking out uh, the the window as I <laughs> have been doing often uh, that especially I had a, a whole bunch of new sod put in last year and I thought this has got to be good for it well it's it's definitely going to add moisture to our uh, yeah. very dry soil that we went into the fall with so it's I, yeah so that's good uh, and also remember that snow is an insulator so we're really getting really good insulation I don't know what the R value uh, would be of all this snow. Um, but yeah, it, so it's providing moisture, ultimately. What we kind of hope is that it melts slowly, you know, little by little, and it's allowed to percolate into the soil. There's a lot of soil around the state that isn't even frozen because it's had such good insulation hmm. from the snow. And so we are hoping that it melts slowly, and then ultimately it also protects our plants from drying winds and we had a lot of wind this past week also it helps to protect plants from um, some of the animal feeding too because it's actually covering the plant completely so um, I looked out I I think the last time I was on the show I was talking about my witch hazel shrub and I looked out the window and I can't see it and either that means it's a lot of snow 
right there or that the rabbits chewed it down and pruned it for me. So I have to get out there and <laughs> dig it out and take a look and see. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's great to see a lot of snow. Um, I know a lot of people are tired like you are of shoveling and, and my husband Carl too. But uh, it is good to see that in Minnesota. It's, a, it's really bad when we have no snow. Oh, and, and we've extremely tough on plants. We have had some tough years. Uh, there's no doubt, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the, you? You brought up a topic that I see a, a, a text that came in real early this morning about all the uh, the boughs that are bending over from shrubs or trees, and what to do about. It. Do we just let Mother Nature do uh, her stuff? Well, I think you can get out there and take a. I I would take like a broom. And just gently push up on those boughs to just knock that excess snow off of them. They'll bounce back. Uh, if they are broken, just leave them for now and take care of them when you can do it a little bit easier without so much snow. But uh, but in most cases, those if they're if they're green boughs, they will bounce right back over time. Okay. Well, that's good news. Uh, here again is our phone and text number six five one four six one nine two two six. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question for Julie, by all means, let's hear from you. Here's one uh, text, Julie. It says, what can I do with a bag of crushed eggshells and a bag of dry used coffee grounds on my overwintered plants, potting soil, or wait for spring to use it in the garden and flower beds? I think I'd wait till spring. Part of it is that you're introducing these organic materials into your house plants, and sometimes that can they can, it can cause insect issues. It can create drainage problems. So mixing those into the soil will add lightness to the soil. You don't really need that in house plants. Usually the potting soil that we use in house plants has already got peat in it and other things that really create a light soil so it drains well. I would take that out to my compost bin, dump it in there now, and then in the spring just get out there with your garden fork and turn that compost bin and mix those materials back into it. If you don't have a compost bin, you can mix it into soil in the garden before you plant as well. Julie, from time to time, as you know, we get uh, questions about the use of coffee grounds. What's the deal with coffee grounds? So coffee grounds do not add much to soil except that they lighten the soil. In other words, they open up passages in the soil for air to get through. And that's really good for your roots. It creates a lightness to the soil. It can help to break up clay somewhat. Uh, but it doesn't acidify the soil. It doesn't really add nutrients at all. But it does help to kind of reduce the compaction or reduce the heaviness if you have heavy clay soil. Okay. This listener uh, via text wants she would like you to explain winter sowing and is it too late to try onions? Oh, boy. I'm, I don't know too much about winter sowing. Uh, we have some information about it on our Yard and Garden News, I believe. Uh, possibly on our website as well. Uh, we have some information about it on our Yard and Garden News, I believe. Uh, possibly on our website as well. But essentially it's taking a container like um, a gallon milk jug that's opaque and putting soil in it and then seeding inside that and closing it back up. You cut it in half, close it back up then and tape it with like duct tape or something like that. And the seeds will, it'll act like a tiny greenhouse, and the seeds will germinate. So things that take a while to germinate, like onions, the person asked, well, would be a good choice for that. 
as far as whether it's too late to do that, I think I would probably, I wait, usually wait till about March to do some of those sowing uh, activities, whether it's starting seeds indoors or also doing winter sowing. But I, you know, we're almost there. I think you could probably do it at this point. Right, very good. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll answer some more questions. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question for Julie, uh, by all means, here in our Smart Garden Show, call us or text us, 651-461-9226. Right now, we have four above in the Twin Cities, but later on this afternoon with sunshine, we may hit near 28 degrees. Right now, it's a plus four here on News Talk 830 WCCO. It's a Saturday morning at CCO Land when we talk lawns and gardens. This morning, Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M is answering those very questions, either by phone or by text. If you'd like to call and chat with Julie, great. Otherwise, send your question via text, 651-461-9226. Julie, I wanted to, you, uh, wanted to uh, backtrack a little bit about uh, that uh, winter sowing. Right, right. We have an article, uh, and I just typed in winter sowing on our search box on our extension.umn.edu site and came up with extending the growing season in your garden, which was written by my colleague uh, Natalie Hoytel last year. And so she has some great tips for extending the growing season and, uh, and looking at different things. And in there is a link to how to make milk jug greenhouses and then also how to make uh, how to start uh, seeds and about winter sowing. So take a look at that. That is on extension.umn.edu, and it is part of our Yard and Garden News, which comes out every couple of weeks. Yeah, great stuff. Great reading, especially Thank on you. a snowy uh, week like this. <laughs> Anytime, really. Um, you know, we have a friend, as you know, uh, Teresa Rooney, who's on the show, yes. our Master Gardener friend. But there, there's uh, something about a free class. You you know the, the details. Give us uh, some details about that. Sure. Well, I just want to mention and thank Teresa for what she does. She is a Master Gardener volunteer for Extension, and she is based out of Hennepin County. Master Gardeners are volunteers. They give of their time to help their communities and the people there learn how to garden, do well gardening, and learn the best practices of gardening, and then share it with other people too. So Teresa is the best. So thank you, Teresa, for all you do. We love having you as part of the Smart Garden team. Uh, She is one of the instructors for a free veggie growing basics class that is being offered through Hennepin County. It starts uh, Saturday, the 18th of March. It is uh, four sessions. These are Zoom sessions, so you can do it wherever you are. And they're also being offered on Tuesday evening starting March 21st. You can register for this. You do need to register so that you can get the Zoom link. And you can register at z.umn.edu and then type in all capitals, VGB 2023. So that's z.umn.edu, VGB 2023. If you go to that link, that will take you to the registration page. And there is a deadline for registration of March 11th. These are free classes. They're Zoom, easy to do, taught by qualified master gardeners like our own fabulous Teresa Rooney. 
Yeah, that's great. In fact, uh, Julie, let's mention that uh, before you leave us today. Yes, yeah. Because I know folks are going to want to join in on that. That's great. I'd love to do that myself. I know. I'm kind of thinking I might sign up All for right. it. <laughs> in the meantime, you can call us or text us your lawn or garden question at 651-461-9226. Uh, here is one for you. I was uh, given a text that says, a peace lily for Mother's Day of 2020. Since then... It's bloomed very seldom, and the leaves are drooping. How can I improve it? Oh, I had a peace lily uh, come to me yesterday, and it was in pretty tough shape. I think one of the issues with peace lilies is overwatering. I think we tend to do that. Um, They are also sensitive to fluoride, and so that is in our city water. It's great for our teeth, but not so hot for some of our plants. And peace lilies are one of those plants. So what I would do is I would recommend probably repotting the plant and buy some fresh potting soil at your local garden center, pot up that plant, you know, wash the pot, make sure everything's clean. And then I would uh, stop watering it with city water and I would buy distilled water or you can buy reverse osmosis water. You can buy both of those at the grocery store. Use that and see if that improves the plant. If there are dead leaves on it, by all means, cut the dead leaves off. You may find that it will that the leaves that are wilting will not um, perk up, and then you might find that you get new growth from this uh, after repotting. So I think I would try that. Peace lilies are tricky. In that respect, remember, too, that they are um, understory plants where they grow native. And so they are a, kind of a semi-light. They don't need to be in bright, hot light. So if you have a very sunny window, uh, put it in a more indirect light area. Okay. Uh, Texter has a question about geraniums. They're geraniums. Lots of new leaves, one Great. bud, no food, only water once a week. What do I do next? Well, it sounds like you're doing everything right. Uh, I take it that these were geraniums that you overwintered. I just took mine out of the garage yesterday, and they are just popping out a few leaves here and there. They look kind of sad right now, but they're they're going to be doing great pretty soon. A lot of green stems. And just be patient with it. You might want to pick the bud off. And the reason for that is that plants put an awful lot of energy into flowering. And you want this plant to leaf out and to grow some new stems. So I think I would probably take that bud off for now and just not have it exert itself by putting out a flower. Okay, very good. Uh, Let's grab a phone call, Julie. I think Dick is calling in from Brooklyn Park this very morning. Dick, thank you for calling. What's your question for Julie? Hi, I've got a question about indoor starting gardens like with uh, grow lights. Sure. Do I need the fancy with the blue and green colored lights or just like a 6,500K lights? Will they work or what do I need? You can use a fluorescent bulb, just a shop light type of fluorescent bulb. Uh, you can buy some really good, uh, fairly inexpensive LED lights as well. But you can just use a ballast with a, with a fluorescent light in it and that will, that will work just fine. One of the uh, key things about starting seeds or starting plants with those is that you want to lower the light close enough to the plant. So I think with seeds, they need to be the light needs to be within a couple of inches of the plant or of the of the top of the soil, and then you want to raise it up as the as the plant emerges, as it germinates, a seed, and then you want to raise it up. And I think you want to keep it about four inches above 
the new plants and and that will get enough light to the plant without possibly damaging the plant you don't want it growing up into the light but you can also buy some good led lights that um, and you can buy those online and uh, the reason that they have different colored lights like you mentioned blue and green but it's actually blue and and red is that red is for budding it promotes budding and the blue light is for foliage so the combination of the two do a good job kind of balancing the amount of light that you will get now led lights also come with other led lights worked in like a green light or a white light as well looking at a text julie just came in about uh, the texture wants to try to grow tomatoes from seed when do i start to do that that would be a good mid-march project so just a couple of weeks from now and uh, you can start those seeds you can try doing what's called a rag doll i kind of like to do this with some of those seeds is that you lay them out, you get a wet paper towel, lay out your number of seeds, if it's eight seeds that you're going to start or three seeds, whatever it is, fold that wet paper towel over, put it in a a plastic bag and seal it, and then watch for that germination, watch for that first root to come out of the seed, carefully pick the seed off, drop it into your peat pot or into your seed starting mix. All right. Good luck with that. Uh, we, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to have a look at that forecast, see what's in store for us here around these parts. Then we have about another half hour of our Smart Garden show to go. So call or text your lawn or garden question for Julie, 651-461-9226. Back after the forecast here on Newstalk 830 WCCO. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the uh, 8 o'clock hour, talking lawns and gardens, answering those questions today, Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. And again, Julie, as usual, callers and textures. You know, I want to chat when we come back, not only about the abiders, but Mm -hmm. uh, about um, the Arboretum. Always love to chat about the Arboretum. We'll do that. Um, There's a a bunch of text messages as well. Here's one. Rabbits <laughs> have chewed our two-year-old arborvite is approximately 12 inches from the bottom up. Do you think they will survive? Oh, boy. It depends where they've chewed it, how much they've chewed it, and whether they got all the way around the plant, I think. If they've just been nibbling on the leaves, on the branches that hang down, the plant will be fine. Uh, you may do a little bit of selective pruning later in the season. But if those rabbits have been chewing on the main trunk of the tree and they have chewed 50% of it uh, and, you know, basically taken off the bark, that plant may be struggling. Uh, What happens is that as these rabbits eat the bark, they eat into what's called the cambium layer, which is just below the bark, and that layer houses all of the vessels that support the tree. They take up nutrients and water from the roots and go up into the leaves and branches, and they also bring down uh, photosynthates or or sugars from the leaves through photosynthesis, produced through photosynthesis down into the rest of the plant, including the roots. So what happens is when the animal chews off that bark and into that cambium layer, they literally break those vessels and uh, damage them so that they can't do their job. If they've only done a little portion of that trunk, the tree will probably be fine. You'll need to pay attention to it, do extra watering, uh, mulch it to protect the roots and keep that temperature cooler when we get into the hot summer. But if they've done a, if they've chewed on a majority of it, it's called girdling. If they've girdled a majority of that trunk, that plant may not survive. So you're just going to have to see what happens. I think when the weather warms up and see how that how that plant does through the season. Uh, in the meantime, uh, thinking ahead, uh, what would a person do to protect that, uh, keep that from happening yes. in future uh, winters? So fencing. Fencing is the most important thing. It's the best way to keep those critters from chewing on them. Now, this year we've had extremely high snowfalls, so those rabbits, they don't weigh very much, and they can sit up on top of the snow. So you may have to be watching that in the future and go out and actually raise or extend 
the fencing you already have. If you've put your hardware cloth around a tree or a shrub, you may have to put another layer and wire it onto the top of your existing layer of fencing to keep those rabbits from being able to get up over that three or four foot hardware cloth fencing and nibble away at the at the plant. Okay. For those uh, who are regular listeners of the show, know that Julie plays in a group called The Abiders. Yes. And uh, she plays not only great vocals, but she plays a mean guitar. Oh, and you, so nice. uh, you guys are going to be performing when I can't. You, you told me Tonight. earlier, and I forgot. Tonight? Tonight, yes. Oh, where? We are going to be at Back Channel Brewing, which is uh, in Mound, Spring Park area, and it is not too far from my house, actually, a couple of miles. But we will be starting at six thirty and playing till nine thirty, and it's actually what we call the Power Trio which is uh, my husband, Carl, our guitar player, uh, Dr. John Magley, and myself. So we will be right. ripping it up in there, keeping all those back-channel brewing fans busy. Hopefully, What time of night? Doing a little dancing, 6.30 to 9.30. Oh, excellent. Early night, Let, so not too bad. Bring no, the you, kids, uh, it's kid-friendly, dog-friendly. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, will yeah. you remind us of that before you leave us today, will you, Julie? I will be That'd happy be to. Excellent. Uh, this texter says, I've heard that peppermint spray is a good way to keep field mice and rabbits away from gardens. What do you think about it as a deterrent, and where might I find it or buy it? Is there something better, they ask? Well, I've heard of peppermint as being something that is a repellent, and that's what it is. It's a repellent. It's something that has to be reapplied uh, throughout the season. Uh, Here in the winter, um, there are better repellents to choose, and you can... uh, apply those basically in the fall and then they will they'll be pretty effective through the winter but repellents are kind of tricky because the animal may or may not be repelled by it and some of our repellents that are commercially available have been tested Uh, they're mostly taste or odor repellents so they are not poisons if the animal eats it they'll just not like the taste it's not going to kill them Peppermint is one of those things that I don't have any experience with, and I've heard of that uh, kind of as a home remedy. Peppermint oil can be purchased at, in very small quantities uh, on the, online. It can be purchased at uh, usually at co-ops or whole food types of businesses, and it's usually used for as an essential oil for things like air fresheners and other things like that. So. You can try it. It never hurts to try something like that, but um, I don't hold out a lot of uh, expectations for it. I'd go with something that's been proven, and actually fencing is going to be your better bet when it comes to mice. No, the the use of that particular peppermint uh, spray or oil, uh, as Andy Lindis, our friend Andy Lindis would tell you, a lot of people use it for indoors, for their attics, uh, things like that, sure. too. Uh, like you said, it is It is supposedly the mice mm-hmm. uh, are deterred. They don't like that smell of peppermint or, or right. spearmint or things like and that. I, so. and, and that makes me think of we do use a, a product like that. In, it's a granular product in little bags. We do put it into our vintage Corvair car mm-hmm. to keep the mice out of it in the winter. Um, so I don't know if it would work so much outside for plants, though, because right. it's, it's out in the elements. And right. it may not have much staying power. So I don't have I can't I don't have a really good uh, message about that, but um, I know that we do use it indoors for repellents. And we have used around here a play a thing called mouse magic. 
That is which what is we the use same stuff. Also yep. in our car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the cars and boats and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's grab a phone call, Julie. This morning, Ken is calling in from Blaine, I believe. Uh, this morning, Ken. Good morning. What is your question for Julie? Yes, I have a question on uh, converting a lawn to a clover lawn. Okay. And I wonder if that's something that uh, how I would go about doing that. And at one time here, a couple of years ago or whatever, or this the state of Minnesota was doing grants for uh, converting uh, lawns to more uh, wild right. na- in nature. Can you so uh, tell me about, is that still going on? Yeah, so you're talking about the Lawns to Legumes program, and I I understand that it is still going on. I don't know if they have, they have limited uh, money to give out for the grant, so I don't know if there's any grants available still for 2023. You might, uh, j- I think if you just Google Lawns to Legumes, it would come up, and you can read a little bit more about that. But yeah, that's been a very successful program. It is funded through uh, the LCCMR, uh, which is a, a facet of funding through the state of Minnesota. Essentially, what you're doing is you, it's a couple of different ways you can do it. If you have a very, very weedy lawn, like 50% weeds, we would recommend killing off that lawn or taking a sod cutter and cutting off that lawn and then reseeding with a uh, what's called a bee lawn mix, which is a lot of clover. It's actually quite a bit of grass, too. It's it's a lot of fine fescue, which is a very um, tolerant grass, drought tolerant, tolerates different amounts of light, not a lot of nutrition required for that, not a lot of water, and uh, also some Kentucky bluegrass mixed in, a little percentage of that. But then it's also got about 7 to 10% uh, perennial flowers, four different kinds, that are uh, that can tolerate mowing. And they produce, and they and they bloom. Clover is one of those. Self heal, ground plum, and creeping thyme are the other three. And they they bloom at different times of the year. And they also are, the flowers are different sizes, so they suit different types of bees, big bees down to small, very small bees. So it creates a really nice habitat and foraging area for pollinators. You can certainly do that. If you have a pretty good lawn and you just want to convert it to a bee lawn and add some of that in, you can overseed your lawn with a bee lawn mix. The best time to do that, to be honest, is fall at the end of the season. and uh, Or you can dormant seed in November after our lawns have stopped growing and the temperatures are too cold to germinate. You can also seed in the spring. So and uh, and if John were on, he would talk about uh, frost. I think it's called frost seeding, where he se- where you seed in the winter when the, when our temperatures are fluctuating quite a bit, and you would seed when you have bare soil, put it down, and then as the temperatures warm up, that seed works its way into the soil and germinates. Mm. So there's a number of different choices there, but you can take a look at our lawn care uh, webpage. And there's probably some good information there. I'm pretty sure that we have a good Beeline webpage on that. Extension.umn.edu. Right. You would love all the work good folks like Julie put into that. Uh, let's do a quick text, and then we'll take a quick break. Sounds uh, good. Texter says, I'm planning to start asparagus from seed this year. How do I set up my soil for success for the years to come with a plant that lasts 15-plus years? Yeah, I 
I personally would start it from a crown. I would buy a two-year-old crown. You're going to get asparagus much faster than you would buy seed. But if you want to seed it, that's great. Uh, take a look at our asparagus web pages on vegetables, A to Z, and it will give you not only information on planting, but also then on care and harvesting and storage of that plant. All right, very good. Hang on, Julie. We'll take this quick break. We'll be back on the other side. Let's remind our folks when we come back about the Arboretum, another great place to visit any time of the year. Four degrees above zero, there's a good chance that we may hit here in the Twin Cities. Highs near 28 degrees today with sunshine, maybe even warmer near 36 tomorrow. Right now, a plus four on News Talk A3. This is WCCO. Today with sunshine, maybe even warmer near 36 tomorrow. Right now, a plus four on News Talk A3. This is WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to good folks like Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering those uh, lawn and garden questions today. And as usual, Julie, we have callers and we have texters and not a whole lot of time left. So, yeah, uh, again, I, I wanted to mention uh, the Arboretum. We always like to, to mention the Arboretum because it is a great resource. Tell us quickly uh, what's going on uh, there and how do we get there? Okay, well, we've got our flower show has been extended through March 5th. So you've got a little more time to get out there, take a look at it. It's a wonderful place to be, especially on a cold, wintry day like this. We've got some winter trail conditions that you can check for snowshoeing and cross-country skiing. We've got a number of different pop-up events. One is uh, from uh, Birchbark Books about indigenous writings. We have beautiful exhibits of uh, indigenous art as well as uh, Arboretum Photographer Society exhibits. There's a schoolyard garden conference coming up on March 3rd. We've got um, upcoming events like um, After Hours with the Flowers, which would be a great date night. And, uh, And just beautiful gardens to walk through even in the winter. Yeah. How do we get there now? Uh, head out on uh, Highway 5 West, mm-hmm. uh, just past 41, and uh, it is in Chaska. So uh, you need to have reservations. That's the only thing is you do need to have reservations. They're easy to make. Members, there's no charge. If you're not a member, you might consider being a member because if you even go three times, you've almost paid for your membership at that point. That's right. <laughs> so get online. Register online. Yes. And, uh, yeah, parking is very... Yeah, arb.umn.edu. Makes it very easy. Yes. All right, let's uh, grab a phone call or two before Sounds we run good. out of time. Barbara's calling in from Inver Grove, I think, this morning. Barbara, thank you. What's your question for Julie? Uh, Julie, I have an amaryllis that just bloomed, Ooh. and the leaves are like 36, 40 inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do uh, now? Once the flower has stopped blooming, you can trim off that stem and just compost it or throw it away. And then just enjoy the plant with those big, beautiful leaves. In the summer, you can put it out into kind of a partly sunny, partly shady location. You can plant it in your garden as well if you wish and treat it as a house plant. And in the fall, you can take it inside and uh, you can put it into a dark space 
for about 8 to 12 weeks and then take it out and it should be blooming again. We have a great web page on amaryllis that is on our houseplant section of Yard and Garden. Excellent. Let's grab another phone call before we run out of time. Julie Wayne calling in from Forest Lake this morning. Thank you, Wayne. What is your question? Yes, good morning. I have a couple questions. Um, I have some green ash trees which have produced more seeds than I have ever seen before in my life. I had one garbage bag full of them that I'd vacuum up. Anyway, there's still clusters of, of looks like dried seeds hanging from the from the limbs. Are I'm assuming they're gonna come down when the new growth comes out in the spring or is that not true? They probably will. Your tree is probably, uh, we call it masting, and it's when a tree produces an excessive amount of seed, and it's usually an environmental response. So we had a tough year last year, and your tree probably just uh, produced an excessive amount of seed because of the weather and conditions. It's a female tree, so it's producing those seeds. Oh, okay. The other question was, I have some edging, you know, around my... Mm -hmm. uh, yard here and uh, the squirrels seem to uh, like to sharpen their teeth on some <laughs> of that. How, and it's kind of, it seems like they're kind of selective. There'll be a section where there's no teeth marks, another one they food right through. So what's the reason for that? Well, I think you're right. They're probably sharpening their teeth on it and there's not much to do about it. There's no repellents to spray on it. You can't fence it from them. Uh, it's just a case that uh, that they're just kind of destroying it like they do a number of different things out there. So not much to do about it except replace your, your uh, edging. And you could replace the edging with steel. That's right, <laughs> that won't yeah. Do that. yeah. That would be a surprise. That'll, that'll cure it, yes. <laughs> or Big <stone>. surprise. <laughs> Julie, uh, a lot of folks are asking about, uh, about Teresa's, the free uh, class yes. uh, thing you mentioned. How do we get in? Uh, t tell us again before you leave today. Okay, it's a free class. These are Zoom classes. They are, there are four sessions, and they are offering them Saturday mornings starting March 18th, 9 to 10 a.m., and Tuesday evening, starting March 21st from 7 to 8 p.m., there is a website that you need to visit to sign up. It is z, as in zebra, dot umn dot edu slash capital VGB 2023. And the deadline for registration is March 11th. All right, great. Uh, hi, Julie. This one says, how about a real quick discussion? Those are their words, not mine, but that fits. <laughs> Sorry about On that. the light slash dark periods duration for starting indoors. The light slash dark duration. It depends on the seeds. I, I think they're talking about whether plants, there are seeds that do not require light to germinate. Usually we plant them so that they're buried. But there are seeds like basil seeds that you barely sprinkle on the top of your soil, and they do need some light to germinate. I would take a look at our vegetables A to Z, where it instructs you on starting plants as well as uh, growing the plants and harvesting them. We also do have a web page on uh, starting seeds in general. So take a look at that as well. That is also on our vegetables page. And for the gentleman who asked about lighting, we have a lighting page as well. It's actually on our house plants page, and I made a note to put it on our vegetables site, but it, oh, it, it also is about starting seeds and the light required. Good info. 
couple of minutes to go, Julie. Uh, this one says, lovely show, thank you. Uh, hi, Julie, we have a large lemon tree. In the last four weeks, the leaves are turning yellow, dropping off. I'm seeing some fine cobwebs and little black spots. If that's spider yeah, mites, that what should like we do about mites. that? Yeah. What so do you, you think? Need to, you need to treat that plant for the spider mites, and you can use a number of different. You can use a contact spray, but you can also use systemic sprays. Be sure to read the label, follow it, apply it properly, uh, and uh, and be aware that some of these, uh, especially the systemic pesticides can reside in the plant parts and if you put that plant outside it may be something that transfers to bees so just read the label really well Uh, i i would give the thing a shower for one thing uh, and clean it off oftentimes dust and dryness is very attractive to spider mites nice text i want to read before we run out of time says good morning your show is very much appreciated i have learned much good information for the past years Thank you very much. Well, you know, we appreciate you listening. Yeah, we love our listeners. They're great. Absolutely. Now, Julie, we've got a minute to go here, and I don't want to be remiss in in asking uh, because you guys work so hard at it and have so much fun. Where are the abiders playing tonight? (laughs) We are playing tonight at Back Channel Brewing in Spring Park, and we start at 6.30 and go till 9.30. So come on out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then if you didn't get your questions answered, be sure to yeah. visit our website, extension.umn.edu, and you can sign up for our subscriber alerts on Yard and Garden News. That is also on that webpage. Those come out every couple of weeks. Now, be honest with me now. When you uh, guys are playing whatever gig, wherever, like tonight, yep. uh, have you ever answered any garden question? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> we do have vis- we do have listeners who come and listen to the band, and the- and they usually say, "I wanted to see what you look like." <laughs> I'm like, I hope you're pleasantly surprised. Well, absolutely, they should be. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> pretty girl. All right, I know that sounds not uh, hip, Aww, but anyway, that's nice. Thank you. Uh, well, it is. That's true. I appreciate and- that. And by the way, say hello to your husband, Carl, for me, too, I will. will you please? I will. We've got we've to run, Julie. Uh, we'll talk soon, I know. Have fun tonight, and thanks, thanks. for all your help all these years. So and thank take you, it WCCO. Easy. Absolutely. And thanks, you, Julie. Thanks. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Now, next hour, Andy Lindis will be answering your uh, home improvement questions. So get those uh, ready to go for next hour. Sunshine in the Twin Cities today. Give me a nice day. 28 the high today, 36 the high tomorrow. Right now, fair skies, four above zero on CCO. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.